How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the STD podcast. Today we have Renaissance Periodization CEO and new IFBB Pro Nick Shaw on the podcast. Nick, how are you doing today? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. I uh, this is one of those podcast appearances where, like, I can't wait to tell my mother, I'm like, Mom, I have such great news. I was on the STD podcast today. She's going to be like, <laughs> and like whoa, 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 whoa. We do hope you tell her. We yeah. do hope you tell her. She wants to know. Oh, I'd be really curious to see if my mom ever listened to a podcast like this. She'd just be like, what? I don't know what they're talking about. That's um, no, funny. How many, how many comments do you guys get about the name of the podcast? And or do you ever get people that reach out like randomly? Like, hey, like I want to be on the STD podcast. And you're like, I don't think you really do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not 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 too many people even address the name, which is interesting. Uh, I have yeah, some shirts. I have some shirts first. in. Yeah, that, uh, Maddie's finishing up the graphic for them. They're slightly vile. Uh, if I <laughs> say so myself. Excellent, excellent. You know, uh, so we get a little bit like one of the questions again in the RP clients group is like, what does RP stand for? And you know, like ninety percent of the time, it's like people that have no RP and they're trying to get in and all that. Probably like 9% of the time, there's people that just like spam bots that just, mm -hmm. they don't even reply basically anything. And then there's like 1% and they think RP uh, stands for role play. Yep. And I guess really interesting. Oh, oh, oh I love it. I love it. Super. The wrong group. <laughs> We're like, hey. real, real perverts, RP, real perverts. <laughs> Man, there's maybe something there. Maybe that's why Mike wanted to name it RP way back in the day. Could be something to so that. Good. No, Mike so could play good. into that if you wanted to. Master plan. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's funny. Well, uh, Nick, um, I guess we really wanted to talk, start off and, and, and maybe make the, the, the base of this podcast about the fact that you just recently won your pro card. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about the process and uh, maybe to start from more recently, like uh, how how does it? Well, for I mean, I imagine does it feel much different to be an IFBB pro? Does, does has your life magically changed? Uh, are sponsorships coming in? Um, you know what what is what is that like? <laughs> Money's just flowing in. Yeah, I, there's just so many new opportunities now. I don't know where to begin. No, uh, <laughs> not not really at all. Um, you know, it's super interesting. So quick backstory, this is actually only the fourth time I've ever competed. And wow. I will say the first two, first two times I ever competed was like 2007, 8, 2008. And Mike coached me. I was the first ever person that Mike had ever coached through a bodybuilding show. Like we didn't know what we were doing. I got like decently lean, like probably single digit body fat, but like nothing crazy. But like had no idea how to peak. I looked better three days before than the day of the show. So like, whatever, they're learning lesson. I don't even know if I was 20 years old then. Um, maybe I was, yeah, I was just not, I was just 20. Anyways, competed again in 2013. Again, we still didn't know what we were doing. Got just wiped off the face of the planet at the uh, Metropolitans in New York City. It's a huge, huge show. So it's almost like, I almost don't even count those because we literally knew so little. Just got our asses kicked. It was like, man, I don't like, when you diet like that and it sucks so much and you just completely get your ass kicked, it's really disheartening. Like really, really disheartening. And so, oh, I don't know, man. I kind of took like 10, almost 10 years off before I competed again. And I was like, you know what? I'll try men's physique. 
Cause you know, I haven't been training legs super seriously or whatever, but like, obviously I've kept training all throughout love lifting. And then I did the show last fall and, you know, had Jared coach me through it and did pretty well. And that was like, that was a cool experience because then you go through all that hard work and you're like, oh yeah, I actually like did well. Like this is what it's all, this is what it's all about. This is actually pretty cool. And so like, there's part of me that goes like, this is a really interesting process because I've only competed four times really two of like actually knowing what the hell we were doing and like to have a pro card. I'm like, this seems, I don't know what to think here because dude, you know, like someone like Mike, he's competed a few times in national level. Show. I mean, obviously dude, there's lots of guys that compete at national level shows for many years and for whatever reason. So I'm like, I don't know, apparently I got pretty good luck or something like that. So it's really trippy Again, like I wasn't really even planning to do that show. I was actually going to do the one um, that Mike's doing. Like I literally would be in Pittsburgh right now if if everything was going according to plan. And so, you know, I won it. Didn't it was like ten o'clock at night. It was crazy, right? Because there's so many people. Men's physique. They they put at the tail end because they don't really care about them, whatever. And um, like I got it, and then like I, you know, Jared wasn't there because like he's coming to Pittsburgh. So I was like, dude, don't worry about this one uh literally had no one that i knew like backstage and they're like i'm like like looking around i'm like the fuck do i do now i'm like <laughs> I, I don't know I, I called a couple of people i just went back to my hotel room and ate some food and went to bed and i was like mm, all right that's that's what we did so yeah it's really interesting man super super interesting uh really cool feeling though but uh yeah it's just kind of bizarre because I, I thought i had a chance but you know obviously I don't know, luck, whatever, whatever, uh, things worked out. So here we are. Do you almost feel unworthy? I don't want to say I feel unworthy because I, I I will say I saw some pictures. So there's a guy, Tony, he's actually in the Team Full Rom group. Really cool dude, lives up there. He actually turned pro at the Universe in Physique yeah, yeah. Uh, the year before. And so like, he took a couple pictures. And I remember because he showed me one of them. And I was, it was like Saturday, um, I don't know, probably around noon or so. I didn't end up going on stage to like two or three. And I saw those pictures and I thought to myself, holy shit, those are my shoulders. I can't believe that. And then I was like, not that I knew that I was going to be pro or anything like that, but I was like, I at least have a chance. I don't look completely out of place here. Because sometimes you see people and you're like, yeah, a little out of place. When I saw that picture, I was like, oh. You're like, I belong. Exactly. You felt like you belong. That's something. Yeah. So I was like, I knew that I had a decent shot in the, in the masters because I had just turned 35. So obviously, you know, 35 to 39, I would assume, although it's maybe slightly unlike some of the other sports where usually the youngest people in the age group, right? So if it's like 35 to 39, usually the younger people have a little bit better chance. Maybe it's not even the case in bodybuilding. It might almost kind of be the other way because more time, usually you can look a little bit better or whatever, but um, yeah, it just, it was interesting, man. Um, by the way, like competing in the open after was, I, I did pretty good for the masters. I felt really good for that. Almost didn't have enough time backstage to really think about it. They were just like slight pump up, boom, you're up there. And I was like, oh shit. So then it's like, you don't really even have time to think. Like I literally had no idea what happened during all the call-outs or whatever. And, um, you know, Tony comes up to me afterwards and he's like, dude, I think you won. And I was like, what? Like, the fuck are you talking about? I had no idea what was happening up there. Because, like, you get up there, you know, you just hit your little stuff. They, they put you in the call-outs. I think I was – my the way my number was, I started way on the end. They called my number and moved me to, like, the other side, but not in the middle. And then they moved me again 
to, I guess I thought there was an odd number of people up there and I knew that I wasn't dead center. So I was like, ah, shit, but like, you know, top two, probably that's pretty cool. But then when I saw later, there's actually eight guys up there. So I was, it was a me and the, the other guy were the middle guys. I had no idea though. So anyways, all that happens, get backstage. And I'm like, I don't really know what to do now. Cause masters was right before the open physique and I was doing both. So basically had enough time to like sit down, drink a little bit. And it was like, basically had to get right back up there, pumping up, do some little touch-ups and go back on. Uh, I just, I completely faded like in the, uh, in the open. Yeah. I just, I don't know, probably talk, talk that up to lack of experience, never having done a national show, just like didn't really know what was going on. But dude, those guys in the open, I remember staying there because I didn't even make the first call out. And I just was like, holy shit, these guys are look like superheroes. Every yeah. single one of them. It was totally freaky. So, like, that was a good lesson learned of, like, just how you plan everything. I probably, like, drank a little bit too much Gatorade right afterwards because I started feeling weird. I felt, like, a little bloated. I'm like, God, this sucks before I go up there for open. <laughs> but, you know, it's just one of those things you kind of live and learn. Probably just need some more experience to, to do well with that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the, the general vibe of how all the pre-judging stuff went yeah 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 i remember seeing you up on stage and i was like like uh i think it was the, the open call out. i was like why is he in second like i was looking at you through some guys and i was like he looks phenomenal there like almost better than some of the people in the first um but yeah maybe it was some of the fading did, did uh you, you and jared uh talk about that like was there any like what did he think maybe it was um not so much because I was more interested of just getting back to the hotel and just eating that, uh, right, right. you know, kind of um, the, the meal after prejudging and just like kind of getting back off my feet again. And dude, there were so many guys competing. There's probably at least 400 guys competing that day. And so they were going to start uh, the finals at five and end up getting pushed back till six. And I remember thinking, like, cause I, I bought the live stream so I could watch it like on my laptop just so I could keep tabs on stuff. So I knew like roughly when to go over because Tony had to leave. He was there for prejudging, but he left. So he wasn't there. So I was like all by myself. And I'm like, shit, like, when do I go over? I don't want to go over too soon. Cause then that sucks. You got to sit around. And, that's... and uh, I just remember thinking it like, I want to say almost nine o'clock at night. I had to literally leave my hotel room because I was getting so antsy and I walked over to the venue. Cause like, what would happen if somehow the live stream was delayed or whatever? Like, yeah, I'm not getting any thinking, information. Yeah. Dude, sure. totally, sure. totally overthinking. And I'm just like, I just need something to do. Cause like, dude, you, I can only sit around for so long and I'm just like, I'm going to lose my mind. Like I have to do something. Uh, I actually ended up doing some work that night. Cause I was like, it's like seven o'clock. I'm like, I know I got a couple more hours. I'm like, fuck, I might as well do some work. So I'm just like, I need something to do. Um, but yeah, dude, I didn't end up going back over until like nine 30 at night. And then like the lady saw me coming in. She's like, Hey, what number are you? They're getting lined up. And I'm like, Oh my God, shit. Right. Like, you're like, like I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but then even then I still had like over a half hour, you know, it's just, no, these things run so by the way, slow. Oh my gosh. Kudos to the people that run that stuff backstage. They have a thankless job that I'm sure they literally never get thanked for. Um, overall, I think they did a really good job of, of how like, I can only manage or oh, I can only imagine like how, how you manage that many people. Um, oh my God. Cause they were, I mean, the, the open overall in men's physique probably wasn't announced until like after 11 o'clock or so I'm sure. It's like that's crazy because the 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 athlete meeting is at seven forty five in the morning, and you're like, 
that's like 15, 16 hours later. So, and a lot of the people didn't have hotel rooms, or at least some people didn't. Like, they just literally had like camping chairs backstage and were just like sitting around all day. Like, oh my God, what a terrible, miserable day. That's, it's just crazy. So, so long. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nick, do you do you feel like now that you've competed and you've had this pro card after taking this 10-year hiatus that there's almost like this new band-aid of obsession for bodybuilding that has not only been ripped off but is now is like gushing out all over again because you loved bodybuilding and RP yeah. like that was the the genesis of it all was I think like because you loved bodybuilding so much then you took a 10-year hiatus for family for business for whatever but now you're back and not only are you back you won so now do you feel like you need to start competing on a consistent basis? Like, is this where your head's at? Or you're like, all right, I won fine. And I did it. And now next thing. Yeah. a super interesting question because, you know, you, you, you never, when you've never competed on a national stage, I don't think you really expect to go in and like win. You're like, okay, best case scenario. Obviously that would be awesome if it happens. But like, I basically, you know, <laughs> I've got two kids. When you're really in the thick of contest prep, you know, it's not fun for anyone. Uh, just being completely honest. Um, and so, like, I basically told my wife, I'm like, listen, if I ever win my pro card, you know, I'm probably done. Now, again, I didn't expect it to happen. I'm like, try one. So I'm like, well, I, I, I did it. Mission accomplished. But then I'm like, yeah, I do. Like I have this sort of reinvigorated love for bodybuilding and, you know, hardcore lifting and all that. And then it's like, okay, I can just keep training for fun, obviously just. And so I'm like, I'm trying to switch my mindset a little bit right now to just like, Hey, what are some cool strength goals or something that I can go hit in the gym? You know, I don't know. are there, you know, what's like a cool 10, 10 rep max that I can hit on, you know, hack squad or, you know, bench press or something like that. Like I'm trying to kind of switch my mindset to that because yeah, I don't, who, who knows maybe someday. Right. Cause they have master's stuff and all that and IFBBs, but like definitely I'm kind of just looking forward to like not having that. I think there was just like a lot of stress and pressure that I had put on myself almost of like when I knew that I was doing this prep, I definitely put the pedal to the metal more than even last one where I was maybe even a bit more relaxed. Which is to be expected, I think. I mean, that's the point. You want to level up from the last time, so of course. Totally. So like, part of me is like, you know, could you almost get ready for a pro show, but you wouldn't have to be quite be so like maniacal about it? I don't know, maybe. Because there's like no pressure. Like, I'm not going to plan on showing up and fucking winning and going to the Olympia. Nothing like, lose, that's not... Know. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing to lose now where it's like before you're working so hard for this, right? So, you know, since that time I was a teenager, seeing all the animal pack ads back in the day, you know, I was like, yeah, I would love to be a pro bodybuilder. And the other ironic thing too is, um, you know, I always considered myself a bodybuilder. And so it's ironic that I ended up winning it in physique, which is like, you know, dude, physique guys are fucking jacked. Don't get me wrong. Like they are super impressive. Like I said, Standing up there, seeing all the open guys, I was like, oh, my God, these guys legit superheroes. Like, big ass delts, arms. I'm like, holy shit. Um, but I remember the tanning lady. She was like, oh, like, what are you competing in? I was like, oh, men's physique. She's like, oh, my God, like, your legs are huge. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so, like, I didn't get a shot to do it in bodybuilding, which is like, uh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of, like, yeah, I would have loved to have done that and, you know, 
see, see how I could have done as like a light heavy. So I think there's a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, dude, definitely, definitely just reinvigorated in terms of, you know, using the hypertrophy app too. just, dude, I love lifting, lifting six times a week. Like I usually just like wake up in the morning, like even post-show, like the first few workouts post-show, I couldn't wait to go train. So I was like, this is going to be awesome. So there's definitely just that love that that's back. Um, and it is really cool just to, to have that again, because it's, it's like this circling back to our roots, which is just really fun. Yeah. Did you intentionally take that 10 year break to build RP and build your family or life just happened like that? Uh, it was definitely intentional because again, this goes back to now, maybe it would have been a little bit different if I would have done like even moderately well competing, but like when I had only had two experiences and just literally not made first call out neither one of them, like, I don't, I don't think got dead last, but like close to dead last in both shows. And it leads to some serious questions of like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Of like, I've got a, I've got a son. I didn't, my daughter wasn't quite born yet, but I was like, what am I doing here? Like RPs, like there's, there's a chance it could do well. Again, this, this is a long time ago, right before like yeah. templates in the app and yeah. all of that. But I was like, you know what, bodybuilding, you actually have to pay for and compete and like do all this stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But there, maybe there's a way to keep doing that without like having to be 100% serious about it. And like, if I can switch it and like, maybe actually make like a decent living from it. That seems like a better thing, you know, not have to be like this absentee uh, father. That's probably also a good thing. So it definitely was like an intentional thing. And like, again, like I kept lifting throughout. It's not like I ever took time off of lifting, but you know, I kind of, I dabbled in some other things. Like I did jujitsu, you know, Trevor, you know how it is. Like jujitsu is fun, but I didn't love it. Yeah. I liked it and I kind of like forced myself to do it because I wanted my son to train jujitsu and all that. Mm. But I just never had that like love that I have right now for lifting. I just never got that. I never got that for, for bodybuilding or I'm sorry, for, for jujitsu. And it was interesting because when I was like, you know what, I want to give this a serious run where I want to compete in bodybuilding. I was like, I, I got to stop training jujitsu. I'm yeah. like, I'm going to go all in hundred percent, see what I got here, you know, give it a shot to see if I can, you know, do decent and yeah i don't i don't necessarily miss jujitsu that much so (laughs) nick what do you think your training what do you think your training was like during those 10 years from a volume standpoint like would you say your maintenance for every body part was like that's what you were training at like around five to ten sets a week per body part obviously you weren't tracking tracking or maybe you were uh i was always I was using the uh, men's physique templates that we had because we didn't have the app yet. So I was always using that. But what I did was I did mostly upper body focused stuff. So like a lot more like arms and shoulder stuff and backed off the leg training. Like my leg training wasn't really that serious. And then like I dabbled and, you know, doing a little bit of like CrossFit type stuff where, you know, I could do Murph. Yeah, you did pretty mm-hmm. much two years, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, I. I was doing like sort of hybrid training. So I would lift four times a week. Um, on Wednesdays, I would do some type of like CrossFit workout. And then usually I would take the weekends off. And so, you know, I was still lifting like five, you know, five times a week. The the fifth day would be some CrossFit stuff. So like just whatever. But uh, I wasn't training legs super seriously. And so that's what went into the whole like, yeah, you know, I'll just do physique because, you know, you don't have to have like the biggest legs in the world or whatever. But um, just from doing tons of body weight squats or doing some CrossFit stuff and all that, like it's not like my legs completely vanished. And so when I started training them a little bit again, like they responded pretty quick. So that would be the biggest change. I just I wasn't training legs as seriously because I was like, Nick, you 
you won um, a bodybuilding or classic at your last show, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or you did really well from what I recall. Yeah, so I doubled up and did, uh, so again, I was just planning on doing men's physique. And then I was at Mike's gym about two weeks before the show. And I took some pictures and I sent them to uh, to Jared. And he's like, dude, do you have glute rations? I have no idea if I do. I'm like, well, I'm doing men's physique. Like, why would I ever even know that I would look at that? And like I did, I had some some hints of them. And he's like, dude, you got to do bodybuilding too. And I was like, okay. And All right. Yeah, I was like, all right, I haven't done posing in like 10 years, but I did like a couple sessions with a with a posing coach. And it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, you're always kind of posing in the gym, like whatever, you know, just some little fine fine tuning things. But uh, yeah, it was fun, man. So uh, it was a local show here in Charlotte. So it probably wasn't like the most competitive thing in the world. Um, but yeah, so I, I did, I got first in uh, the light heavies and then I won my uh, physique class as well. I did not win the overall either though. Which, yeah. I think you told me that story uh, when you were in Vegas, and I was like, "That's so, I don't know. It's funny, but it's also really cool at the same time." <laughs> like two weeks before, so you're like, "Yeah, yeah, dude." I, I mean, my leg training because I was doing men's physique was honestly embarrassing. Yeah. So there, there was one day that I would do like a, a good amount of leg press and then some squats after. Like that was that was day one, and obviously some like uh, usually hamstring exercise and calves after. But like my other day, which was like more of the hamstring focus one was, you know, stiff legged deadlifts. I remember the last muscle cycle before the show. And then it was some leg extensions. And like, I think that was the only quad movement that I had. And I was like, and I had like pretty good legs up there for bodybuilding. So I'm just like, gee whiz. So as soon as the show was over, I just started hammering like quads again, seriously. And that was pretty fun. Like that, that it was good to get back into that. Like I had never really done hack squats. I started doing a bunch of hack squats. Yeah, it was great. And, yeah, and you have the Arsenal one where you train out at no limits, which is great. The Arsenal one uh, was was pretty good. I will say that now they have a Nautilus one, and it is so smooth. It it is amazing. Is I it the one that Mike be. used to have? I don't know about that. All I know is they got this one more recently, and it, dude, it's so smooth. It's it's better than the other one. Like it's just the other one felt a little weird on my on my legs yeah and i had like a little weird quad thing for for a little bit um which like i took a deload week and an active rest week before i started a contest prep and i've had no issues ever since so that worked that that arsenal one's heavy it is it's heavy it's heavy and it's it's real real harsh like real harsh angles yeah yes yeah i i see people loading that one up at my gym i'm like very skeptical like mm. yeah yes. but then they also have like the, yeah. the thickness gray band on the back of it that like of a gray band they do this thing the where they off from the second you unrack they put the yoga block under them and then do like half reps anyway yeah um Sweet. nick i think it really does show though that time off it does show the evolution of rp uh and kind of how good you know you've all gotten really like you go from you know maybe not placing at a show to winning a show and you have the assistance of, you know, Mike and, and Jared, who have more competitive experience, have helped more people as well. Um, so I think that's really cool. I just wanted to highlight that. Um, but also, uh, we were talking about this before, how um, maybe uh, you you lay a little bit more on the bro side of things. Um, could you maybe talk about, like, the, the experience of having them kind of guide you and um, just the prep process as well? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's <clears throat> people always like to make things into camps. And on one side, you've got like the, you know, sort of skinny nerd that's all about like evidence and research and all that. And, you know, that's definitely a role for that, right? Like if you're in bodybuilding, you want to do every single thing in your power to optimize your workouts, your recovery, you know, your results, right? You do everything. And it's funny because I would joke with Jared and like, <sighs> The way he sort of presents things sometimes and what he sends or whatever is like, you know, not the most, I don't know, pretty looking stuff. But I'm like, when you're a bodybuilder, it doesn't care what it looks like. It literally doesn't fucking matter. You know, he could be like, hey, the day before the show, you're going to drink horse piss. And you'd be like, that sounds weird, but like, okay, fine, Jared. Like, you're the man. Like, you've turned people pro. Like, fine. Okay, where do I get horse piss? Right? It's like, it doesn't. And, and so I always tell him, I'm like, Jared. You just give me the plan and I will execute it. I don't need to necessarily understand all the nuances behind everything. I'm like, I trust you. He's done it. He's turned what? How many people pro? 20, 30, 40, right? Like the, the list is quite long at this point. So I'm like, I don't want to have to stress and worry about all that. And like, that's where I come in, right? So you got someone like Mike, you got someone like Jared. These guys are the scientists. They're, they love thinking. And actually what's really interesting is neither of those guys necessarily have a coach. I know Jared sort of helps Mike a little bit, but you know, like Jared sort of coaches himself. I can't help but wonder if Jared had someone that he could really trust and turn things over to, would that make it easier for him? Because I personally think it would, because then you don't have to worry about yourself because I could never coach myself, especially at the end when it comes to all the peaking stuff. And like, you know, I, I'm not going to do that. I could probably very easily justify or talk myself into 50 different manipulations that probably wouldn't help, right? Like it's weird coaching yourself. Uh, so I just like having the plan. I just like being able to execute. And like, it's funny, you know, when Mike and I do the RP podcast, you know, he can really get into the nitty gritty, all the nuance. And I'm just like, okay, here's the TLDR. <laughs> you just said all this stuff. So what you're saying is at the end of the day, just do X, Y, and Z. And like, that's how I like to approach things is I trust Mike. I trust Jared. I've been around them a long time. I've known Mike for, gee whiz, I don't know, like over 15 years now. So I have full trust in, in those guys that they know what they're doing. You know, again, not that they're always right on every single thing, because of course not, no one, no one ever is. But that's why I just want to go out and execute. Because like, I don't want to have to spend all the time. Like I have, my mental bandwidth can be spent doing other things. You know, running operations of, you know, RP or, you know, whatever it is. So like, let those guys do their thing. And then I just go out and execute the plan that they have in place. And that's, that's sort of how I view it. Um, is that like middle ground? Cause I'm definitely not in the camp of, you know, just train hard, you know, whatever like that. Like you don't think about it. No, like I want a good solid plan, but I don't want to spend, you know, hours looking at all these minute details and all that, because sometimes I see these like 150, 160 pound guys and they're like, well, you know, like I'm not at three RIR. I might actually be at two IR. Like, is it going to throw off the algorithm? I'm going to be I don't know the difference. Right. And I've been training for 20 years. I can't fucking tell if I'm three or two RIR. In fact, like I'm probably more conservative. Right. Cause like sometimes I'll, um, you know, send a video and like, dude, it feels hard as shit in the moment. I'm sure you guys know that. You're like, oh, dude, that was like one RIR. And then you watch the video and you're like, fuck. Okay. That was probably like four RIR. Especially but with legs. Yeah. Especially with legs. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, one, it helps probably have like a training partner to push you a little bit. And so, but ever since the last show, I started going to this gym to train legs, and I've got like a training partner, one or two training partners. So, like, that does help a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's like 
just give me the plan. Let me go and do it. And I don't need to worry so much about the, you know, little, little, little minutia stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's so important. You, I think. So Nick, you never, you never question. They just go, they just tell you what to do. You just do it. Do you ever have discourse with them? Or you're like, why? I will execute, but like, why did you do that? Or like, what's the reasoning? Do you ever do that or no? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, definitely a little bit, you know, Gerald, Gerald gives some feedback or whatever. He's like, Hey, like you ready to, you know, drop your carbs to this. And I'll be like, you know, Jared, Jared probably always thought that I was doing like 14 K steps a day. I'm like, you know, that's a good amount. But for me, like once we, we decided to do the, uh, the universe about a month beforehand, um, I was doing a call with a opposing guy and Jared happened to be there with him. And I was like, Jared, like, just realistically, like, you think I got a shot? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I think you got a shot. He's like, worst case, you'll be in front of essentially the same people. So you'll come back and you'll have two or three weeks to get ready. So he's like, worst case, you just get more experience. And like, I dialed it up a notch from there. Jared's like, okay, like, I forget what my carbs were at at the time, like maybe 200 a day, something like that. He's like, all right, you're going to go to 150. And like, in my head, I was like, all right, this is basically full send time. I was using a semaglutide, which... Oh my God, was the only probably way that I made it through it. I could have made it through it, but it would have been miserable. Like, I've been drinking like a, a fucking 24 pack of diet soda a day. Like I could have done it, but it would have just been intense. So that really helped. But yeah, dude, I was doing, you know, I didn't tell Jared that I'm like, hey, I'm probably doing like 16, 17 K steps a day. I was like, I was, you know, cause I didn't want him to be like, no, nah, you, you should, you know, you should not do that. Nick, yeah. I feel like I feel like that's very common. You're not the only competitor that I know that competes at a high level that has done shit like that, where I'm they'll be close bit. to the end and they won't tell their coach that they're like, oh, we have an extra stair meal session that we're not sharing, or yeah. like that well, extra a, meal we're actually only eating half of it. Like I had a it's guy a thing. Recently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I we think we've all done it ourselves. Yeah, likewise. And I tell you what, the mindset, listen, I'm not going to say I'm right or wrong, whatever, but I guess for me, like I knew in the fall show, if you had asked me, like, how much did you put into that? Like, how much more could you have done? I'd have been like, you know what? I'm probably close to 95%. Like, damn near, that was about as hard as I could have pushed it. Um, the, going into the universe the last month, I was probably at like 98%. And I was like, you know if I'm going through all this, I know like, you know, my wife's helping out more with the kids and all that. Like, I'm not going to not give my fucking, I don't want to say hundred percent because hundred percent is, is really, really hard to like truly give. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, sure. Like I could have probably always done a, another rep or so here or there in the gym. So like, it's really hard to say you could have done hundred percent, but I was like, you know what, if I'm doing this, I'm going to fucking do it. And I'm going to try my hardest. And I feel like, I, I tried pretty damn hard. I mean, the last week before peak, I did something like 120,000 steps or something like that. Like it was, it was pretty stupid, but I was like, you know what? I just want to feel like I came in about as prepared as I could have been. So like something like that, you know, it's not like I shared with Jared, like that. I yeah. you know, He probably thought I was doing, you know, uh, 14, you know, would have been about 98, hundred K for the week. But yeah, it just was like, let's you know some time. Um, I mean, I shared it on Instagram. I don't know how much. <laughs> Dude, I'm sure that does happen all the time. I mean, it's not like I was um, under eating, but I will say there was definitely some meals when uh, when semaglutide was fairly high. That, and I remember because like my my kids and my wife were down in Florida, um, 
at like Legoland or whatever, something like that. And then like the timing worked out perfectly because I was about three weeks out. So, you know, you're just in that pretty just shitty zone at that point. Like my mom and sister were there just for the record. I don't want people to think that like I sent, you know, my family. <laughs> <laughs> they were there to help. Yeah, no, I, I just, I literally just had, Disneyland. I literally just had like a vision. I literally just had a vision of like kids are at Legoland, fucking bitches. I'm squatting out here trying to win a bodybuilding show. You guys are looking at Legos, Jack Sparrow. What the hell is this? It's funny. My, Next my wife asked me, she's like, "Hey, like, yeah, uh, I, listen." I was like, "She was like, hey, like, is it okay, like, if we go? You know, the kids really want to go." I'm like, awesome. I like, you know, normally I'd be like him and and hawing about like costs. I think I don't know. Like, I was like, yes, that sounds great. I'm like, whatever you want, do it. Yep, great, go, go, go. Um, there were times that week that I had a hard time. Like, normally I would be going crazy on the fruits and veggies to like feel full, dude. I would like do a tiny amount of broccoli just to like say that I had some veggies, and I'm just like, okay. I'm good, which was wild because I'm like, oh my God, I'm under 2000 calories. I'm having a hard time eating it. And I know how many steps I'm doing. I know that I'm training. It's like, this shit is damn near magic. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Is that, that weird uh, to you? Like, I mean, this is the, this is, you know, when you'd normally be starving. It was very weird. And I will say, uh, normally I kind of hit that point where sleep will start to really feel like crap. This experience. It was not that bad because I would not wake up starving hungry at like three or four in the morning. Yeah, I would still wake. I would still wake up, but I could fall back asleep till you know, like whatever six or something like that. And like I was pretty consistently at about like seven hours of sleep. Weirdly enough, my sleep has been worse since the show than it was before. So whatever that means, that's weird. Yeah, that was one of my arguments for it. I, I had some pushback because uh, I had said I used it for my contest prep. And um, obviously it comes from the people who are like, you need to suffer and it's necessary part of bodybuilding. Right. I'm like, that's that's complete bullshit. I don't know where you're getting that from. Uh, but I think- Totally. I'm like, the- I am suffering. Don't get me wrong, folks. I got no energy. I'm suffering here. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, Walking that's really weird. Stairs, like, it was, that's a challenge in itself. I have to like psych myself up to do stuff like that. <laughs> right Get out of my car you're like you have to pee and you're just like thinking uh, like how far is the toilet how bad like do i need bed. to be yeah exactly so around here yeah, yeah. Like, how go bad away. would it be if i pissed my pants like, yeah <laughs> have, you ever, have you heard uh, have you heard stan efferding's story about when he was training for his pro card no please tell me though oh god he had a he had a trash can next to his bed so he wouldn't yeah, lose no. any sleep and he'd turn over and pee into the trash can and then go back to sleep. And uh, <laughs> he said he left it one morning. He forgot to dump it in the toilet and the uh, the um, the maid found it. And he said he like never felt so bad in his life it's like because it was cleaned out when he got there. She's like, oh, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> Dude, people ever ask me like, hey, what do you think about bodybuilding? Would you ever recommend that thing? No, I don't recommend it for anyone. Like, the people that do it are all crazy. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure I can only imagine some of the crazy stories that people have. Like, oh yeah, doing shit. I mean, Nick, now that you've gone through it, I'm sure that you can empathize with a lot of these so-called crazy stories that maybe five, ten years ago you'd be like, oh. You're nuts. How could they do that? And now that you've gone through it, you're like, well, fuck. 
I'm a weirdo because now I do understand how they do that. I don't condone it, but I get it. Yeah. Yes. What's really interesting is like now that I'm really into bodybuilding, I'll see other sports and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. it's like whatever. But then like there was a time where I don't want to say that I really got into CrossFit, but I was definitely training it a little bit. And I remember thinking I'd look over at like those hardcore bodybuilders and I'd be like, what are they doing? <laughs> and, like here I am, like, it's just funny. Like when you're in that zone or in that mindset, you're just like so focused on that that you see other things. And I think this is how like those camps or yeah. like that divergence of, you know, bodybuilding versus CrossFit versus weightlifting versus powerlifting. I think that's how that happens because you're just like, yes, I do this. Everything else is stupid. Everyone else is stupid. And then you're like, give it a couple of years. You might actually be in one of those other things. And then you're going to look back and think, oh, man, I was an idiot for thinking that. So that's kind of where I'm at on all that. People want to lift like CrossFit's cool, weightlifting's cool, powerlifting's cool bodybuilding i just happen to be in it right now so that's cool but yeah bodybuilding is i think the hardest one for sure 100 percent. because you suffer just 100 of the time like i know i've been around like elite crossfitters you know frowning and all those guys don't get me wrong like they train hard they train for long times i've seen it my god i can't do 90 percent of that stuff like when you're done and after they go eat and they eat very well lots of carbs many many yeah. many many carbs nothing can really ever replace that feeling when you do train hard or a hard leg training session but then those carbs are just super low and you got a ton of steps to do like at night or whatever like damn there's no way around that that shit just yeah. sucks no you can't you can't uh, dress that up in any other way. It's just like, you, that's a big old spoonful of suck just waiting for you. Yeah, because they're, <laughs> they're eating for performance and you're eating for performance, but it's there's a fine line you're walking of like performance, but also let's get this body fat off, which is like yeah. slowly degrading your performance over time. So it's it's uh, it's definitely challenging for sure. 100%. I think I, 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 I used to think very similar. I think the one thing that I... Maybe it's not harder, but I would just say fuck that. Is um, I read uh, uh, David Goggins' book. I don't know if you've read this one, Nick. Um, can't hurt uh, me. Or can't the newer hurt me. One. Yeah, I haven't read the newer one. Yeah, I've read it. Um, but he talks about yeah. um, the what is it? What is it? The um, not, it's the marathon. The uh, what? What do they call the uh, the extreme marathon? The ultra, ultra marathons. Yeah, I would never, ever, ever want to do that in my life. I, I, I'll I'll go ahead and throw it out there. Endurance athletes are some of the most badass athletes on the planet because holy shit! Oh, he paused right there. It's just <laughs> I, there's no way I could do that. Dramatic pause. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you listen to Goggins, he runs on like broken shins, and he's just another another uh, breed. Real, real quick, just on that topic, if you want to read a crazy story, check out the Iron Cowboy. He did 50 triathlons in all 50 states in 50 days. Yeah, there's a video of it. There's a really good video on YouTube about it, actually. Yeah. And he like he was like number 48 and he had a bike crash and like broke his shin, broke his foot and still finished the rest. Uh -huh. I don't know about what? that broken chin i'm like 
stub toe i'm like oh man i don't know if i can do dude, my dude, i feel today. like i trevor i feel like that's the kind of shit that you watch during a bodybuilding prep and it goes either way like on the one hand it could give you a wellspring of motivation but on the other hand depending if it's like a good day a bad day for you you're like yeah but that motherfucker's not jacked he's not doing what i'm doing so it's not the same yeah can't can't hurt me is my like prep book when i'm like in the depths of prep i'm like all right if this guy can handle this then i can handle a bodybuilding prep <laughs> In the uh, towards the tail end of bodybuilding prep, it's like I like to read, dude. I I can't read. I can't like sit down and read books. I'm just like, fuck. Especially or even if I do read, it has to switch from like something where I'm trying to learn and apply it to just like I don't know history or like something like a Goggins book where like this is just purely for fun and entertainment, but. I got to save the little brain power that I have to like actually doing a little bit of work when it's required. Um, it's funny. Cause then I kind of like get out of that habit. And then like, after I start eating more, I'm like, I almost have to force myself to get back in the habit. Cause I just stopped doing it for a while, you know, for the last, I don't know, month or so before a show. It's just like, yeah. Nick, I, at uh... what point, at what point did you notice that your productivity from work came down if at all? Cause obviously the start of prep, I'm sure you were fine. Was it the last month? Was it the last two months? Or maybe it was more. In my head, I usually plan on like the last month being really just uh, sucky all around. And I'll like definitely try to like scale back like how much. But what's really interesting, actually, that's a really good point, because um, if I have uh, work calls and if I'm able to like move and walk around, I actually feel way better. It's the setting around on Zoom calls and stuff like that, where if I do that and the energy is just really low, I have to like force myself to stand up. And then it's like you guys said, you're like, oh, my God, because I look down at my step counter and I'm like, oh, like I have so much to do. But if I'm walking around and talking, dude, I have more energy, actually, which is really weird. Sounds totally backwards. And then I just I feel better. And so I actually try to schedule a little bit more of that stuff, like in the afternoons when I know I'm going to hit those periods. Like for me, like early afternoon, I'm just like, so if I schedule some calls like that, usually that helps get me through it. But um, yeah, always in my head with the way I'm planning things is like beginning a prep, no big deal. You know, the middle, usually not that bad. Last month in my head, I'm just like, this is going to suck. There's no way around it. Just do what you got to do. And then like, because I, I, you know, again, periodization, I would, you know, there's no reason to crush a ton of caffeine at the beginning of prep, right? There's no reason to be doing crazy number of steps and all that stuff. So in my head, I'm like, all right, save it for when I really need it. Save it for when I really need it. Save it for when I really need it. And I kind of just hit that last month and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Do I want an extra diet soda? Like, fuck it. Interestingly enough, semaglutide didn't need diet soda very much. In fact, I would have uh, one and I just like carbonation would actually just make me, dude, <laughs> there were a couple days where I'm like, I, I can't drink diet soda. Yeah. I just, I want nothing to do with That's it. Weird. That carbonated. Um, it's pretty wild. Monster. I don't know if like it's slightly less carbonated. Doesn't really bother me at all. I would have a, a diet soda, like a diet Coke, a can of diet Coke. And I'll make uh, this, this is terrible. I, I can't I can't do this. I would feel like crap for like three hours afterwards. And it wasn't until I finally like started to move around and walk a little bit that I would slightly feel better. But oh interesting, interesting, interesting stuff. So Nick, with those MPEG, did you find that you needed to wig out on caffeine or or not even? Like did you not even have caffeine at the end? Oh, I always had, had those MPEG? 
I always had caffeine, but I definitely don't think I used as much as the uh, last prep in the fall. So for me, it's like, man, semaglutide is this really interesting thing because, well, like some of your other cravings aren't aren't as intense, which like I read a really interesting article, I think from like uh, Brad Stolberg and um, and his uh, partner, but they were talking about, I, I think it's starting to hit the mainstream. It's like, you know, Ozempic, uh, Wagovi, semaglutide, I don't know, kind of all one and the same to me. But uh, that's what they're saying. Like it's helping people, you know, like overcome uh, all sorts of weird, cra- what not, not weird, I don't know why I'm saying weird, but uh, cravings, you know, like uh, alcohol, uh, food, drug addiction. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Something with the reward system. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't read that article yet, but I saw the headline. Real interesting side note, because right now I'm kind of like scaling it back a little bit. Like I just had... Um, I took a took a shot on Sunday. Today's Tuesday, and Sunday afternoon, I was out with my kids. I, I took them out, um, and we were grocery shopping. And I wanted to buy every single thing in the store. No joke, like the hunger was like out of this world because I hadn't I hadn't uh, taken a shot in, in a full week. Yeah, and then so I took the shot on Sunday, and then like I'm sitting around last night, and I was like, huh, I don't really feel that need to like eat a bunch of junk food because that's like, that's the fine line that I'm trying to walk right now because we had scheduled a photo shoot. So like Mike, me, Jared, even crystal for like after uh, masters nationals. And so I've had this three week period here where, you know, you're post show. We technically want a pro card. Like fuck it. You're you're not in a good spot. Like it's not easy. It it's not easy. I've, I've, I've kept the semaglutide in just so I wouldn't go too crazy. And I feel like I haven't gone too crazy because I went fairly ham like last last fall. About a week after my wife, my wife and I went to like a couple um I, I kind of like I don't I did too much of the all you can eat stuff. That's, that's a bad idea. And they're just, <laughs> just, just, just a real bad idea. Um all you can eat. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, bro, when you're coming off a show and like, ugh, all you can eat is a, a bad idea. <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't recommend that. Um, because you just, you're full, but you can't stop eating. You can't stop. It's yeah. real wild. You're like sick, but you just keep going. Yeah, I had to like, after USA's, I had to just say, all right, we're just got to stop it here. Because I've known, I've done that before. I'm like, just, I keep ordering, but I, I know that I'm not going to feel great. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember being at a buffet in Vegas and like, you know, Jared was there at the time. Charlie was there. Like we had a bunch of like the RP transformation challenge winners. Like they were all there. Like everyone had stopped eating, but I was like, well, but there was like more food up there. And like, I I just, I just, I want a little bit more. And people were like, Oh my God, dude, is that like your fourth or fifth plate? And I'm like, but, but like, I don't, and I was already full, but I just went anyone's? Was that anyone's first time meeting you? I hope that was your first impression. That is amazing. They're like, Nick uh, has an eating disorder, everyone. We don't need to be around him. Dude, absolutely. Like all the RP folks that whatever had uh, flown in for the, the challenge or whatever. Uh, David and Martin. Yeah. He had, okay. he had, first time I'd ever met him, too. He was probably like, oh, my God. like this yeah, guy like, Dude's a psycho. <laughs> How is he so Totally. Cheap? Yeah. Uh, so don't do that. That's what I've been trying to sort of manage right now also the really interesting thing too is i was 
semaglutide is really interesting because I knew that I had a big carb up coming for the show. And so I, I tried to plan it in my head. Whereas I want to say like the last shot that I took was about 10 days before the show. Cause I, I wanted to do it like a week before I started. Cause I started carving up on Thursday and that I will say worked beautifully. Cause I think I scaled down the dosage a little bit. I had no problem eating all the carbs that I needed to it's like 900 grams of carbs on that Thursday and like 600 on Friday, dude, end of day Thursday. I was like hungry. I was like, all right, like, let's keep this show going. Jared, you want to send me some more carbs? <laughs> you're, you're good. So, um, but that I is, made, it's a tricky. I was going to say, I made the, opposite. I, I made that mistake. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan has this experience with that. Yeah, it was horrible. I Did you cut it too close? I just didn't cut it. I, I, oh. I was getting from a generic source and this is before other people had vouched for some of these peptides. And I was like, you know, I was on a pretty 1500 calorie deficit. Uh, so I was like, ah, you know, I'm not sure how much this works. Maybe it's not that effective. Like, I imagine now I would have been so hungry without it, like, because I was hungry through the 1500 calorie deficit. And I was like, ah, you know, and I didn't pull it. And uh, it was loading was was the first day or two. I was like, hmm, feel kind of weird. And then I got to like a day or two out and I was on the toilet all night. It was horrible. God. Yeah. So, yeah, that was yeah. a good, good decision it there. It's a fine line show. to walk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been really interesting and sort of just trying to kind of navigate that. And so I think like, I'm in like a pretty low dose right now. And I might I might have probably just taken the last one on Sunday. Like I think I'll probably I think I'll probably be good. But I feel like I still have some. So if I really get in a bad place, I'll be like, because mm, it, it works. It works pretty quick too. Like next day, I, I think you notice. I don't know about you guys, but like I, I notice stuff the next day. It's like yesterday, I was like, I mean, I ate like all my normal clean food, but I was, it's not, again, I wasn't sitting around at night just being like, huh, I wonder if I can have like a couple of protein bars or something like that, which is sick, right? Like I'm fucking dreaming about protein bars. That's when you know stuff's messed up and you're like, but dude, they hate, they make some good ass protein bars. Jimmy is a protein bar connoisseur. Yeah, Nick, but we, we all acknowledge that you're in the situation that you're in. You would not be saying that sentence to me if you were not in the situation that you're in. And I acknowledge that. Um, I'm sure you know that, too. Like, protein bars are amazing right now. In three months, you're not going to be saying. Yeah. Yes, and no, I'll only give slight, tiny pushback to that. I like I like protein bars. You too. Like I like RTD shakes. I literally have one every single day. Um, I, I mean, I RTD you. shakes taste like chocolate milk. That's not fair. Like yeah. for sure, I'll give you that. That one, Mike. Because Mike always tries making that claim of like, if you talk to a normal person and you're like, "This is good," they're gonna think it's complete dog shit. Dude, I agree with him. Yeah, Anabar, the protein bar. Uh, uh, Mark Lobliner was at Mike's house, and and so I, I caught him on the tail end before he was leaving. He's got a ball, uh, a bar called like the Outright Out, Outright, I think. Bar. Yeah, Outright Bar. Okay, so a couple caveats on that. So those are candy bars that happen to have some protein, so they taste pretty good. I mean, you look at the macros, you're like, okay, yes, this is, this is not a protein bar. This is a candy bar that has some protein. But like, I guess you know, there's I'm sure there's a market for that. People want to feel like they have some protein or whatever. Like I'm eating those on a contest prep. I can show you that. But uh, dude, hero bars, I genuinely like them. I would I would eat those suckers on a mass and probably have no issue with it. Maybe not the tail end of a mass, but Nick, you've had the uh, you've had the bear bells, cookies and cream, and the cookie dough. 
the cookies and cream one, yes. The white Very one. Very right? good. Big, big yeah, white and blue. White and blue. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one's very good. And then the Fit Crunch peanut butter and jelly to me is God tier. It's a candy bar, but it's God tier. It's a candy bar. That. Yes, it's a candy bar. Yep. Okay. I, I went to Costco and I bought some. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so they had the peanut the butter peanut and jelly at Costco? No, no, no I think they had like the just peanut butter. They Sorry. Peanut butter. Yeah. I'm going to Costco right now. <laughs> yeah. Like what? <laughs> What's the other one? Um, after the last prep, I actually went on Amazon and paid an outrageous amount for the Snickers high protein bars. Yeah. Dude, it was like 40, at least 40 bucks for a pack of 12. Did you, like, do, you, do you love them like Mike does or no? Uh, I think they're very good. I don't know if I'd say that I love them, but I was like, okay, I know that I have an issue when I'm spending like $45, yeah. you know, probably with shipping or whatever, like a fucking box of protein bars. Like Mike says, Crystal says too, that you can get them in the UK. I'm going to, I've never been to Europe. I've never been to London before. I'm going in September. Oh, really? yeah. If I find them, I don't know how it works with customs, but I'm going to ask some questions. <laughs> I'm trying to bring back multiple Probably throw boxes. In your bag, no problem. Nick, Nick, you, you can do it. They have a cool protein bar scene in London. They do have them. They're more prevalent. They're easier to find in London versus here. And uh, there are some other candy bar protein bars in london too you'll you'll see mike is obsessed with the protein bar scene in uh, in the uk i'm sure he's told you that mike has one of the most interesting diets for a bodybuilder i've ever seen in my life because i was just there you know he's a week in a week oh yeah a week a week yeah. out he like i mean we went to um panda express now again he got chicken teriyaki with just white rice but i'm just like I'm not touching that shit at a week out. I'm probably not touching that Neither shit am I. four no. weeks out. Like, no, yeah, no, no God, no. I'd be, I'd be getting like five orders by the time I left. Yeah, he got like the the triple plate with just chicken teriyaki and white rice, which all right, you know, respect. Like, it's pretty clean, but still, like, and then you know, three protein bars before he goes to bed. I'm just like, such a weird diet. <laughs> So when, whenever he posts, whenever he posts that he eats multiple protein bars in one sitting and they're not like the pure protein bars, I'm like, how can you handle that much fiber in oh, one sitting? I've done you that know, like two weeks. Every night I have two or three protein bars for my last meal and it's like the Costco brand ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Like if, if like I'm going to have a, like one oh, of those like 45 to 60, if I'm going to have one of those fibrous protein bars, if I'm going to have one of those fibrous protein bars, I'm going to like have it with like a low fat milk or a protein shake or some deli meat. That's just like lean protein in itself because I'm not taking on 20 grams of fiber in one sitting. Like I'm not, I'm not crazy. I want to live. Nah, it's fine. I'm, I'm already married. She can't go anywhere. <laughs> I think that some people just have like iron stomachs. Yeah. Trevor, Mike, I, mostly myself. Cause I can have a couple protein bars. Um, shoot. What day was it? Yeah. I feel like, Oh, it's when I was coming home actually from Mike's. So I had uh, a fit crunch on the airplane and then I'm driving home and I'm like, man, I'm hungry. It's like almost 10 o'clock at night. So it was a later one. And I had three protein bars in my bag. It, one was an outright bar. The other was a hero bar. And then there was one other one. I forget what it was. Oh, an Anabar one. So, oh, but like not a ton of fiber in those. I was like, dude, I probably just had like 40, 50 grams of fat in that one meal. Because the outright has 16, the Anabar has like 15, uh, the Hero Bar has, you know, like whatever, eight or 10. But 
I have no issues with it at all. Like, I think some people just have it. And, and, and again, like if you are used to eating them, I think that does help. Like I said, if you have them every day, I think you become accustomed to it. Cause like, dude, my, like my wife, if she had like one of those, like forget about it. She would not be in a good place for, for many days, but you know, here I am eating like three, three or four in a day. And I'm like, especially some of the ones with sugar alcohols for sure. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, I'll, yeah, I definitely don't want to be eating those when I'm getting on the plane. <laughs> right. <laughs> Blowing up the toilet in the middle of the oh flight. My God. Uh, you, some of the stories Mike has, I just. Oh God, I don't. Oof. Next time you, next time you see him, ask him about some of the flights he's been on, like when they were back doing the the seminar scene. Like, oh God, oh, no. I if I was ever on one of those planes, I would be very upset with Mike. <laughs> oh, no. Very upset. Like he, um, he almost led to like a. A, a plane takeover on one. People are getting real upset with him. So, so uh, like this is this is worse than when the raccoon got in the copier. Uh, <laughs> Anchorman, I Anchorman, I love it. That is uh, Anchorman. Of course, it is. Nick, Nick, it smells like burnt hair. Or was it like? Nick, we'll get you out of here. But uh, one last question. Um, you had the app release in the middle of this prep. Uh, how did that go? And um, how was the app going so far? And then kind of end with kind of plugging the app. and uh, Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, so we had learned so much from all the mistakes that we made on the diet app that this was a very good launch for us. Uh, for example, we always thought that people wanted the RP recommendations and like, that's what people are really paying for. Right. Like you just, you want RP's recommendations. And we sort of quickly learned that a lot of people, you know, some people did want that with the diet app, but people wanted more flexibility to do all sorts of different things that they want to do. And so like the hypertrophy app was built with that in mind where you, you can use the RP recommendations. Absolutely. But you can basically change anything you want, move exercises around, add sets, delete sets, you know, change your reps. Like it just gives a RIR target. And so we kind of build it with that in mind. Um, we had a much more clear understanding of like who our target market was actually shout out to Trevor. Cause he helped me a lot with sort of figuring that out. Cause it's like very similar to team for ROM folks. And so like, that was super helpful. Like where it was very, very clear of like people coming in from YouTube, you know, team for ROM hypertrophy app. Like we very much understand like who those people are now. Um, diet app is a little bit, more more up in the air on that uh, just because it seems like there's there's probably some like physique athletes but there's also crossfitters in there too and you know it's like it's just a bit more i feel like nutrition a... nutrition always is right nutrition is like always a little bit more like amorphous you're like am i talking to bodybuilders but it's not but it does apply but it's like yeah yep. i get that yeah yep but uh yeah people that train like this like yeah i mean it's just part of like who we are and what we do. Like we're not going to stop training. Whereas like diets. So yeah, we just, we just learned so much from all the mistakes that we'd made in like the diet app that uh, it was a pretty easy, smooth release. And, you know, we released it on uh, 523. So it was still like a good month or so. And I don't even think at the time I was planning on doing the universe. So, like I was, yeah, I wasn't uh, like mental bandwidth. I was still in a good spot and all that. Um, but we, uh, so we released it. Obviously, we had been testing it internally a bunch. Like I'd already been using it for a couple of months myself. 
It's like, like, this is great. Like, I don't have to carry my notebook, anything like that around. And then we had a pretty good strategy that we'll probably replicate for any other like big releases. We, for free, gave it to all the Team Full Round people for a couple of weeks to use. They gave like tons of good feedback and all that, which is really, really helpful. So that was out for like two, three weeks. Um, Fixed a lot of little things like that before we even released to like, not even the general public, but like a very, you know, a subset of people that like had said, Hey, I'm interested in hypertrophy app. So, and again, we released it as a beta. So it's just, it was very smooth because, you know, we, we had like good marketing. It's like, Hey, this is what it's going to be. It's already been tested, but like, it's a beta. Here we are. This is people that had basically been you know asking for, uh, for an app like that for a really long time. And we had a really good like lead up to it of just like, you know, Mike, Jared, you know, uh, kind of teasing it like, Hey, this is what it is. This is what it looks like and all that. So just went very well. We just learned a lot from all the stupid stuff we had done before that didn't work so well. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, have you noticed that since RP has built a significant following on YouTube, you always had Instagram and you kind of always had Facebook too, but now that you've had such a following on YouTube, that when you launch products, is it so much easier? Like when you say I'm launching to the general audience, technically, yes, but also not really because you have such a flywheel of a following across so many platforms that it's like, if you're only able to monetize the people that you already have, like your niche is good. Like you don't need any more than your niche. Did you understand what I'm getting at or no? Yeah, I would say that we didn't have some of the backend infrastructure and things like that in place uh, before, whereas now we've got a lot better backend infrastructure to better support all that. And I think for for many different reasons, like one, we had to kind of learn diet is diet, especially is just kind of a higher churn type thing because people don't want to diet all the time. You know, people that train are probably going to stick around for longer. Um, just getting more clear on like who the target demographic is and just making sure the messaging is, you know, dialed in pretty well for them. Just having more of like a clear overall marketing strategy versus I think before it's almost like, it's kind of like, oh, hey, social media, boom, just throw everyone to the website and then you kind of just hope for the best or whatever. So there was no like some of that very clear backend infrastructure, KPIs, tracking, all that stuff. Whereas like now we're, we're much more, uh, aligned and in, in tune with all that but uh yeah the youtube thing is really interesting because you're just if you guys follow Hermosi, he talks a lot about just like the power of just kind of like being famous and yeah. i think we're kind of seeing that with mike and that yeah. you know, people just love mike so much that they're just they they want to kind of either give back or support you know him because of all the value that he's given out for literally years. Because remember the YouTube channel, we really started to push with Mike leading that when COVID hit. Yeah. So like yeah. 2020, so here we are about three years later. You know, it's like really starting to pay off. The YouTube trajectory right now is just it, it, I've never seen anything like it. Because again, I've not been around like other huge like channels or whatever, but from what I've seen, even having a very large Instagram and I kind of helped build that up along the way. I, even at its heyday when Instagram was really booming, like it was, it's like nothing compared to what it, uh, YouTube is doing right now because they have just such an interesting model around it. Where like they pay you to create content. It's amazing. Like what yeah, a wonderful giving, concept. Giving to your audience too. which they're like, wow, look at all this free stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Let me buy your app. 
I, I can't poke holes in like YouTube slash Google. It's it's brilliant. And because you don't have that on Facebook and Instagram, you got to pay for all that essentially to get those eyeballs. YouTube is complete opposite. They're like, no, 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 we'll actually pay you. you, you keep, yeah. keep have you have you noticed that you've had to that you've been able, fortunately, to cut down on marketing costs a lot because of that? Because it's all organic now, or not really? Um I don't want to say we've been cutting back because we probably just didn't or maybe have, it's just different. It's it's different. And just trying to really fine tune things now of like making sure that we can have a much better understanding of, oh, hey, if like if we put a dollar in here, can we actually track to make sure that we're getting that back? And or now that like YouTube is doing better. So like that actually brings in more revenue by itself. So we're actually just taking a lot of that and trying to put it back into it. Like, you know, Scott, the video guy was only one guy and he's mostly largely done it all himself. But like now he's got another guy that's helping edit videos. He's got... Um, you know, like a couple of people that literally just help do thumbnails, which is like wild to think about, yeah. but like, that's all they do is just create thumbnails. And so like, you know, he's learning a lot about all the analytics on that because up until recently, um, or at least from kind of secondhand from, from Mike and Scott, you know, they had a pretty good understanding of how YouTube worked, but they started chatting with some other bigger name folks that have been around the game and understand the analytics and all that. It's so like now they've just really kind of, I don't want to say crack the code, but understand it a little bit more. And yeah, I can see yeah, that. It's, it's crazy right now. Yeah, we just passed over five hundred thousand on your YouTube, right? Oh, right, you're almost at six hundred, I think. Really, it's going to be at six hundred by the end of this week. That's insane. Yeah. It, okay. It's next level. I, I've not seen anything like it before. A million? We need a, a million. We need a Mike Lamborghini video. Is what we need. <laughs> We hit a million on YouTube. I might, I'm, I might pay to rent Mike Lamborghini for a day. This is what I'm saying. We need to I, do. That. I just want to see. It's so funny. Just pay so we can see Mike try to get in one. That's all. Yes. Fair <laughs> he doesn't have to drive it. If he just gets in one, that's uh, that'll be a show in and of itself. The the million mark, like uh, this seems crazy, but uh, it depends on how things go. Of course, obviously, no one yes. can predict the future. Well. YouTube could shut down tomorrow or something. Who knows? But um, Nick, I got to say that far off. No, no. I got to say, you said that, you know, maybe it was I was listening to some other podcasts you had done and maybe it was by chance that you guys hit the social media and that was in part due to your success. Um, but but uh, when you can replicate that multiple times, I don't think there's a there's a chance component. I think that it's obviously, you know, this wasn't a good time for YouTube per se. You guys just executed, put out videos consistently and um it's it's not like a it, it's it's the the showing of how good of of a co company you guys are and how you've been able to execute on that i don't think it's just luck at this point well dude thank you so much i i think um i, th I think i know which one you're talking about but i kind of said along the lines of like we rode that initial uh wave right, of like right. instagram and all that that um so obviously we were doing some things right but yeah, again absolutely. like there was there wasn't the the full understanding on the back end of how it all worked and sort of linked together and all that. Mm -hmm. And it was almost, I say luck, but and it worked until it didn't, right? And then like everything right. changed on Instagram and then it was like, you know, big slap to the face. And they're like, oh, uh, okay, well now, now what do we do? And we kind of had to rethink all this. And so then some of those painful learning lessons those prices were paid, you know, over the last couple of years to now, like we actually do understand a little bit better. So now when this surge on, on YouTube happens, it's like we're better able to capitalize on it versus just 
you know, dumb luck of like, oh, hey, here comes like all these new eyeballs. And then like, you know, just by chance, some amount of people are going to buy stuff or whatever. Like, no, there's now like much more clear understanding on the back end. So yeah, it's man, you know, you're going to make tons of mistakes and, you know, hopefully you'll learn along the way. But yeah, dude, you know, Mike, Mike's great. Mike's uh, he's an educator, but he's also an entertainer. And so that's what people want. There's a reason that uh, people like him. So I remember sitting in one of his classes way back in the day at University of Central Missouri, and you know, like I remember college, he just get through classes basically. But dude, all of his students were engaged. They were you know laughing and joking, and Mike was making it fun and all this. And you know, I told him back then, I'm like, dude, like you need to figure out how to do this for more people because like you're sort of squandering yourself here, you know, teaching a class of thirty people where he can go make videos now and. You know, hundreds of thousands of people see him. It's really awesome. Yeah, that's what drew yeah. me in. I mean, that's around COVID time. I remember I was watching some video. Someone mentioned like, oh, Mike, he's, you know, squats really deep and he's got big quads. And I was like, oh, let me listen to him. And then I listened to Revive <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is, this makes sense to me. Like that's where sports science clicked. Yeah. And then I just dove into it after that. So. Holy, Mike, Mike has the, uh, one of the rare gifts where he can take complex ideas and sort of simplify them down to essentially anyone can understand them and analogize them sure. in an understandable oh, way yeah. <laughs> sure. and what's amazing nick is that he he lets you be you like you guys are partners equal partners as far as i know and he can run the show and you can be in the shadows unbothered and yeah you can do your thing pop out whenever but like if no respectfully like if nobody heard from you wouldn't matter from the and that's amazing i know that, that suits your personality like super well um that's just awesome that you guys can work that way. You know what I mean? Because Mike is a big personality. He's very smart, very intelligent. He's very like out there. And you're totally cool with like, it's all right. I'll just be in the back. Just like running shit as well. But you just don't need to know who I am. Oh, no, no, no. It's totally. So I think, and I think like a lot of times people are trying to like uh, get a business or something going like that, but then they're completely by themselves. And, you know, cause I've sort of seen this with my wife cause she's, you know, been trying to do stuff outside of fitness and it's just really hard. And I have to remind her, I'm like, we well, are also doing this by yourself. So every single aspect of business, like you have to do, yeah. and you have to be good at. Yeah. Whereas like, if you, again, I feel like most, I don't know, off the top of my head, you know, like an Apple, right. You've got Steve Jobs and you've got Wozniak, right. If you, you know, you've got, you know, Bill Gates and um, Paul Allen, right. You've you know, it's like, usually there's a couple of people and I, that's obviously not by, um, you know, luck, like different people have different skills. And so you have to utilize that. Like if it was just Mike, you know, like the things that he's good at, I'm not good at. And some of the things that I'm better at, well, he's not good at, for example, if he was in charge of like having to respond to people on Slack and emails and all this stuff, like, you know, forget about it. People are going to be like, I never fucking hear from RP. Like they're, you know, trying to steal my money. Um, so always just been, I'm like, okay, well, I'm very like type A, like, let me go do all that stuff. That's totally fine. And so, yeah, we just complement each other's skill set. and dude, yeah, like it's worked beautifully. And that's, that's why, like you do your thing, I do my thing. And obviously we all benefit uh, collectively from putting that together. And we'd be, it's like, we're much better off together than we are if we try to do things separately. And so like, we, we don't necessarily have a big ego with it. It's like, all right, well, like we each have different stuff that we need to do. Each other as much as the other person and at this point nick it's it's years of this right like Mm -hmm. rp started in 2014 is that right it's been like it's been a little over 10 years and yeah 10 years of being of being partners with this man and then you were friends with him for years before that like 
dude, you guys are compounding years. Like it's time. It's a lot of time. So there's a big trust element too, for sure. And sometimes yeah. uh, you can't really put a price tag on that because like, I mean, you can have all sorts of different handshake deals in the world. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, no, we, 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 we trust each other explicitly. Like, you know, almost no one in this world that I would trust more than Mike. And I think he would, I mean, hopefully he would say the same. So. I imagine he would. Mm-hmm. Probably make an inappropriate joke yeah, man. in there, though, too. Oh, he'd make lots of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick, uh, we'll, we'll even even then, I th- sorry, one last thing. Um, oh, good, good. Even just like mannerisms and stuff like that, because I've spent so much time around him, too. Like some people say, like, dude, sometimes I can't tell you guys apart with like the way that you uh, talk or say things or stuff like that. I'm like, well, I don't know. Just. I'm sure that I have picked up on it, especially if I spend time up in Michigan at his house. I feel like I come back and, you know, I'll like make some jokes. And my wife's just like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, ah, oh, sorry. I got to like, I got to turn off a little bit of that mic stuff. The mic. <laughs> I got to like, you know, get back into more, I don't know, straight laced dad mode or something like that. So yeah, it's funny. I remember when I first started listening. I mean, yeah. When I when I first started listening to Mike, I would have it on like, on speed, like out loud. And my girlfriend would be like, what are you listening to? And I'm like, this is a this is a sports scientist. <laughs> you wouldn't know it by listening <laughs> to him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One last note. Yeah, go ahead. But this is another another thing that I learned too. Yeah, I remember like wanting to filter Mike a lot, you know, up until I don't know, let's call it the last six months a year or so. You know, it's like Mike, like, you know, like 80% Mike, 70% Mike, 60% Mike, you know. And um, but people like that, man. And it's yeah. just it's 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 very uh, organic. And so I'm just like, I'm like Mike, be ninety five percent Mike, and he can go and he can do that, and people yeah. like it, and they like all the jokes and all that. So just let him roll with it, man. People people really do like that. Um, it's again, actually, like, you're not going to be for everyone. So when we were in Ohio at the Arnold talking to people after they got to talk to Mike and Jared, there's a lot of people like, man, Mike is just like he is on YouTube. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's always He's disappointing exactly. when you meet someone and they're not the way that they are on online or whatever. Yeah, slightly more filtered in person than yeah. That five percent will get you canceled. So you do need the ninety-five. You can't. You can't go yeah. four hundred. Yeah, you do need that because. Whew. <laughs> but I can yes. see. I can see that. And he and he, and he knows that. Yeah. yeah, I can see that proclivity yeah. though, especially like. You're running a big business. You're like, people swear, like things like that. You're like, oh, maybe people won't like that. I can imagine that would be something that would be slightly stressful. But then maybe you've learned over time that people just, you know, like who Mike is and they want to see more of that, not filtered Mike, not, the, you know, being himself. The big thing that I've learned is like, you just, and I used to kind of pride myself on being like, oh, you know, I'm Switzerland, right? Like RP is Switzerland or whatever, because, yeah. you know, we're nutrition, so we can work with all these different training camps and whatnot. But, um, you know, on something like that, it's like, yeah, we're going to turn some people off with the way that we go about stuff now. And it took me a while to realize that, like, I'm actually, I can be okay with that. Yeah. Like, we're not going to be for everyone because when you're for everyone, you're for no one. But like, no, 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 no. We're going to swear. We're going to have fun. We're going to joke around. I'm going to let, you know, Mike's going to be Mike. And guess what? Like, I love it. It's hilarious. I love Mike too. Like, we can joke all sorts of stuff and, and do all that. And, you know, we do a little bit more on the podcast. But like, yeah, if we're just hanging out, it's like. Yeah, okay. Let's take 95% Mike and put him out there. And a lot of people are going to like that. But for the people that don't, it's like, that's okay. I think there's different people out there. You can go follow them. That's totally cool. Like, no worries. But dude, then the people just love you more. Like, if you push away the people, that's fine. But the people that love you will just be like, oh, shit. Like, I love these motherfuckers. Like, 
Yeah. You like die for yeah. you more. That's how. Yeah, yeah I get it. Hundred percent. All right, Nick. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Um, I think you guys yeah, have Nick, built something good. amazing. Yeah, Nick, you were here. You were here for a while. Yeah. We we appreciate you for kicking it with yeah, us. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, no worries. I, I like talking about all this stuff, man. Uh, I like talking about training, lifting, you know, RP. It's all good. Uh, yeah, like I said, I have, I have fun when I get to chatting about all this stuff. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, I'll let my mother know that I'm finishing up the SCD podcast. We'll, we'll be sure to <laughs> send you a shirt. Yeah, once I get some shirts going, <laughs> I'll send you one. Oh, God. My, my wife will be embarrassed to go out in public with me. <laughs> We'll send her Don't one too, Nick. Sir? Don't you worry. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> good good luck with that one. My kids will be like, what's that mean? <laughs> uh, time, it's, for, time for time for the birds initials. and the bees, it's, courtesy it's our initials. Uncle STD. Save yeah. <laughs> that for a couple of years from now, maybe. <laughs> Dude, my son's eleven and a half. My God, I'm gonna have to be doing that. Yeah, in a couple of years anyway. So Oof. Yes, I remember myself at eleven and a half. Twelve. I don't want to remember myself at eleven and a half. Enough. <laughs> it's your hands full nick yeah we'll see um the good kids uh, again guys thank you so much for having me on i appreciate yes, it absolutely thank absolutely Thanks so much. have a good day okay have a good week yeah